Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigSceneDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of sports yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. We have a great episode for you tonight. We're going to go back to the year of 1999 in the Steel City and talk about the 1999 Pittsburgh Steelers. Our friend Harv Aronson is on with us to talk about this interesting team from history and some of the great players that were on that squad. Here comes Harv in just a second to talk. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another edition where we go to get to go back and revisit some Pittsburgh Steelers history, one of my favorite topics. And I have my good friend Harv Aronson here, another great uh, Steelers fan and historian, to join me. Harv, welcome back to the Pigpen. Thank you, Darren. Good to be back, always. Well, we're sure glad to have you. And Harv, I you know, told you that I've been uh, being inspired by many people's collections. We've been ta- having some guests on and talking about, you know, all kinds of different football history. And I have a lot of uh, different obscure Steelers items, but I recently acquired a football and it's not the actual signatures, but it's a, a game ball that has, I think, every signature of everybody on the Pittsburgh Steelers coaching staff and playing roster of the 1999 Pittsburgh Steelers, including Cordell Stewart on that. And uh, you know, that 1999 team was not one of their better teams of the Bill Cowher era or of the Steelers history, uh, but it had some interesting players on it and uh, some interesting developments in that NFL season that I think would be worth a, a discussion here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, like you said, they were six and 10. Uh, they finished fourth in the division. And it was the AFC Central back then. It wasn't the North yet. Uh, they were playing in Old Three River Stadium. That's long gone. Uh, and and they started off the season um, by winning five of the first eight. So it looked like they were on the right track. But then they lost seven of the remaining eight games to finish six and ten. Uh, it was actually their worst record ever under Bill Cower, uh, unfortunately. Um, but there is one mark I found out about the 99 team is that they're the only NFL team since at least 1940 at that point to concede um, so many as five safeties in one season. <laughs> so yeah. that, that's something they, they but so that says um, a little something about the offensive line that year. Doesn't yeah, it? <laughs> exactly. 
at that time, Tom Donahoe was the general manager. Um, so that, that's a little interesting. And, and then, like you mentioned, Cordell was the quarterback um, for part of the season. He was five and six on the season. Uh, he did play 16 games, but only started in 12 of those. Um, and his numbers weren't all that great. Uh, he threw 275 passes, completed 160. He only had 1,464 yards passing and only six touchdowns. He threw 10 interceptions. Um, on the ground, as we know, he likes to run. He did run the ball 56 times, uh, 258 yards, scored twice. Um, and he had nine receptions for 113 yards. So not one of his stellar seasons, but, you know, he did – play a major part of that season yeah it, the, the the season uh was interesting you know if, if you evolve and revolves around the Steelers here like we're talking about the Steelers first game that season was against the brand new Cleveland Browns it was the return of the Browns to at the NFL after what two or three seasons of when they left for Baltimore the original Browns and the Steelers open up the season in brand new Cleveland Browns stadium. And I can remember, I think it was a Monday night game, if I'm not mistaken, or it was a night game because they had like. Yeah, I think it was Sunday night. Might have been Sunday maybe was, or Monday. Might have been was... Sunday night, but they had Drew Carey. Like he was, his show was real popular <laughs> at the time. And he was, you know, I think he sang uh, something, you know, Moon Over Parma or whatever the hell he sings for this thing. And, they, you know, he got the, the dog pound all wound up and everything. And the Steelers came in and beat him 43 to nothing. That was, yeah. was kind of – I think Tim Couch was, a you know, rookie quarterback then, and they just, you know, obliterated him. And it was looking pretty hopeful for the Steelers, you know, at yeah. that point. And then yeah. week two was the old Browns came in. The Ravens uh, oh, no. came to Pittsburgh – and the Steelers end up beating them by a field goal, you know, late. I think Cordell rallied the troops of like less than a minute left. And Chris Brown, who was a rookie kicker that year, seventh round pick, their last pick wow. of the draft that year, uh, kicked the, the winning field goal. So there's a name from the past. Yeah. But yeah. then then they uh, lost three games. They lost to Seattle, lost to Jacksonville, who was in their division at that time, and the Buffalo Bills. And then beat the Bengals. So they went, uh, they beat their first three divisional opponents. I'm sorry, th they won three out of four because Jacksonville was in their division. And then I don't know what the heck happened after the, the bye week. They had a, a six game losing streak that just, uh, you know, and the Browns, Bengals, Jags, and Ravens all beat them in that, that stretch. So just got pounded in the division after that and uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't get out of their own way. The other thing is, in the 1999, when the Browns returned, the NFC Central was the only division with six teams in it, which was kind of fascinating. Yeah. Of sitting there looking, I've, I've heard forgotten about how those uh, look. And the so you had the Jaguars, Titans, Ravens, Steelers, Bengals, and Browns, and that's that's the order that they they finished in. Was that the the Jags won that division with a, a 14 and two record that year in 1999? They were only but a three-year-old franchise at that time, four years old, maybe. So yeah. that's kind of, that's kind of a, a cool thing. And I was well, sitting, I was trying to sit there thinking maybe the AFC central with Jacksonville. And I thought maybe it was only one or two years. If I remembered my, my memory was poor on that, uh, that stayed that way till 2002 was when realignment happened. And mm -hmm. when the AFC North was created and took uh, four, those four teams that we know today in that division. So kind, kind of a cool thing how that went. Yeah. Yeah, the rookie of the year for the Steelers that year was Troy Edwards, and that 
Troy Edwards leaves a bad taste in my mouth because I remember on a previous show, we were talking about the award I won and all that. And I had a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And that was the year that they lost to the Patriots, 2001. Mm-hmm. And Troy Edwards was famous for running out of bounds on a punt from Josh Miller. And they had to repunt. And then Troy Brown returned for touchdown. Stewards lose. And he cost me a, a trip to the Super Bowl because yeah. of that, oh, yeah. that penalty. Oh. But, uh, yeah, LeVon Kirkland was the MVP that year. I loved LeVon. He was a great linebacker. Oh, yeah. God. He was a thumper. Yeah, he was. And I had actually fortunate enough to meet him at a, a, a baseball card show once or like a trading card show once he was there signing autographs. Very cool dude. It was always amazing to go to games and you watch him or you watch him on TV and you see this middle linebacker that's bigger than most of the defensive offensive uh, linemen. He he's a big dude to huge. be playing that, that position. Big. And he was fast for his size. I mean, it was crazy. And he was always intercepting the ball quite often. And you'd think that somebody that big, you know, wouldn't be picking off passes, but he was. Right, yeah, um, most definitely. That, that, just that, something else I just realized that 99, you know who was drafted in 99 third round? It's kind of ironic because yeah, his was son just, was drafted this year, Joey yeah, Porter. Joe, right, I was just going to go through that. That that was their draft was Troy Edwards was the, their first round pick. Scott Shields, yeah. the safety, was their second round. Joey Porter, senior. Uh, mm-hmm. And Chris Ferris was a, another uh, third round pick. Played tackle for a couple years first. Yeah. Amos Zeraway from West Virginia, uh, you know, great that little scat back they had a third down back. Yeah. Never really panned out that as a third down back they wanted. I think uh, Mowelde Moore came in and replaced him and sort of signed his death warrant a couple years later. Yeah. Aaron yeah. Smith was a fourth round pick that year for him out of Northern Colorado, and you had Jermaine Tuman, Malcolm Johnson. Uh, Antonio Dingle, which I think had a cup of coffee, Chad Kelsey yeah. there for a few years, and Chris Brown, the kicker. Uh, right. out. So not a bad draft for the Steelers. They had, uh, you know, two stud players on defense and one, you know, and a kicker. That's those were your later rounds. So not too bad. They missed on the first and second round, I think, with uh, Edward. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Chris Ferris, I remember him being really tall, and I think injuries played a part in ending his career but i thought he was going to be a really good lineman um and he had the height but i I remember him getting hurt quite often and i think that's what ended his career with pittsburgh because he just couldn't stay healthy yeah and and they had a a few good uh undrafted free agents that year too that were interesting um anthony wright that you mentioned earlier with the quarterback out south carolina came in and he he stuck around for a few seasons talented guy never got to see the field but he was talented uh Corey Geese in the tight end who played here and there and lost special teams out to lean and long snapper Mike Schneck came out at year out of Wisconsin. And uh, yeah, he, he, he lasted he, a long time as the yeah, long snapper. Yeah. He was probably one of the better long snappers in the NFL for his career. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, yeah. He, I think he ended up being special teams captain for a couple of years, if I'm not mistaken too, because he was, he was pretty good at what he did. Yeah. He was really good. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm looking over to coaching staff. We had Kevin Gilbride, the offense coordinator. I don't think he was very well liked at all <laughs> during his reign in his year in Pittsburgh. Um, Dick Hoke, running back coach. My God, he was there for the Steelers for like 35, 40 years. Right. Um, yeah, yeah. And Mike Malarkey was the tight ends coach, ended up becoming the offense coordinator. Yeah, so yeah, just to those guys you talked about, Gilbride and Malarkey, both be, eventually became uh, NFL head coaches. Not that they had great success, but 
hey, they made it. So I guess you could almost count them from the Bill Cower tree. Definitely Malarkey you could. I'm not sure about Gilbride. He was sort of established uh, as offensive coordinator before he came to the Steelers. But just interesting when you see some of these old coaching staffs and what happened with some of those guys. And uh, you know, Bill Cower you know, trained coaches too, so had some success with that. So. Yeah, and I might be getting my years mixed up. But when we were talking before about 99, I don't remember if it was 99. It might have been 2000, but the infamous coin uh, toss flip at Thanksgiving Day with Jerome Bettis. And I want to yeah. say it was 99, but I might be 2000. Uh, well, I can tell you, I got the schedule right in front of me. We can see if they played the um, the Detroit that year. Uh, what the heck did I do with the schedule? See if I'm wrong, but I, I think it was 99. It might have been 2000. No, I don't, no they they did not play. Uh, okay, Thanksgiving. Okay. So I think it might have been might have been 98. It might have been the year before. Okay. But, uh, yeah, because I, I thought that thought crossed my mind when I was thinking. Wait a minute, wasn't that the year? But yeah, I guess I was I was off a couple of years or a year. Yeah, yeah, but that was a great game too. I remember that. You know, and that started head, a losing tails, streak for them. Tails. <laughs> yeah, and that started a losing streak for them. They ended up losing every game after that. I think it was the last four or something like that. Yeah. So it kind of jinxed them. <laughs> and that was a game they should have had at uh, who's that? Wayne Fonts was the coach of Detroit that game. Yeah, and yeah. Yeah, yeah, Bettis with the heads tails. And oh my god, that was so funny. Official uh, uh Phil Lockett was the, the referee yep. in that game, and he he had another uh and I'm not sure that was his his fault because Bettis did try to pull a fast one and say both of them. They change they end up changing the NFL rule for that game. Right. You have to right. declare before you flip the before, coin. Yeah. And and I was, you know, I was a high school official. They changed it at our level too before oh, our they game did? to do, hey, you know, uh, captain, are you calling heads or tails before I flip this coin? They wow. and then you flip it afterwards. Yeah, I've watched that over and over again several times, and you can clearly, if you listen to it close enough, Bettis definitely said head tails. There's yeah. no question about it. Yeah, he, I, I figured when he when he did it, and I, you know, I didn't want to believe it as a Steelers fan. Of course, you want things to go your yeah. way, and uh, but yeah, that was that was one they should have won. I was you know got away from, him and then the season got away from him too. So and that year also, that, that '99 team had you know some really talkable players players you you could talk about you know just for one reason or another chris fuamatu maafala uh and better known as Fu. i used to love that guy i actually saw him in a store down here in uh in jacksonville when he was came to the jaguars that's a big dude but <laughs> he was a tough runner uh, he was on that 99 team um you know and you had guys like uh, alan fanica um, I think he finally made the Hall of Fame, right? Didn't they put him yeah, in? Yeah, he did. He, yeah, he uh, did. Yeah. The 2021 class. I, I was out right, there for that right. when he went in. Yep. One of the best yep. ever. Jeremy Stat. I used to like watching him play. Uh, Joel Steed. I mean, there was a lot of, how about, a lot of good plays. You talk about, you know, the Steelers lately uh, have been looking for outside linebacker depth. Well, 1999, mm -hmm. how about this in your outside linebackers room? Carlos Emmons, Jason uh, Gilson, uh Joey Porter, Mike Vrabel. You know, that's, mm -hmm. that's some stud. And then you had, you know, Chad Kelsey in there too, you know, so you had, you had five serviceable guys and three of them are pretty studly. Yeah. And, and you end up cutting Vrabel, you know, after all that, who ended up being a, a pretty good player for New England. I, I could, I still, the, the Chiefs too, I think he played pretty well for it, if I remember correctly. Yeah. I still scratch my head over the, them getting rid of him. I just, Never understood that. Yeah, him this and guy, Ch Chad Brown. I thought when they let Chad Brown go, I'm like, why would you? I mean, that guy was good. You know, he made a difference. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Him and his snakes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he wasn't on this team, but uh, Vrabel was. It's uh, kind of mm-hmm. cool. But then their their quarterback room, uh, I don't know what they were, were thinking here, you know, Gilbride, but, you know, you had Cordell starting and Mike Tomzak is backup and then Anthony Wright and Pete Gonzalez. You really had no depth behind them. And Tomzak, no. you knew sort of knew what he had. He was just sort of vanilla. He wasn't, you know, he was, I, I just can't believe they didn't add to that room uh, during, during it. But uh, uh, some uh, good, good players. But, uh, you know, Pretty solid uh, offensive line, though. If you think about, it. you know, Fan- Fanica was young. Yeah, I think he was only in the second year. There, Wayne Gandy, right? Brendan Stay and uh, Dermani Dawson was injured, but was on that team. And uh, you know, they too bad they couldn't have got had him, you know, be there as their center. Would Duffy and and Sweeney ended up having to come in and and do that? But uh, you you lose a lot with that. Uh, and uh, affects the running game a little bit. Uh, yeah, Brendan Stye was a good one. He was really good. He was a solid guard, uh, no question about it. Yeah, uh, but that defensive line, like you were alluding to, too. Orpheus Roy is on that roster. You know, oh Aaron Smith as a rookie, uh, Joel Steed, Jeremy Stott. You know, you know just some. Uh, you know, Kevon Henry was <laughs> on there. You know, it's some good solid defensive linemen. They had some thick players on there, and. Then, you, know, you got like you said, uh, Kirkland's right behind him. <laughs> so, and I'm just looking over here at the the injury list: people that weren't able to play for one reason or another due to injuries. And Justin Strelzik's on that list. Yeah. And anybody that remembers that story about him, that's a tragic one. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that story, right? How, how he died, actually, Justin Strelzik. No, no, I didn't. The, the car accident. The truck let's, let's, let's share share it with the audience so we remember him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Justin Strelzik is the guy. He was having some kind of mental issues, and he went in a police chase and crashed his truck uh, and and died in the truck accident. Oh, and I'm boy. almost sure it's Justin Strelzik, um, if I remember correctly. Um, we'll have to look that one up. But I'm sure that's the guy that was hmm. on that team that has having all kinds of mental issues and um, the police got into a police chase and crashed his truck and died instantly, actually oh, boy. Um, a real tragic story. And this is shortly after he left the team. Yeah. He, he ended up, he was the only one on the PUP that year, everybody yeah. else on the IR, but yeah, the IR list that uh, will Blackwell, the re- receiver, I think he was like a first or second round receiver a few years earlier, Dramani Dawson, Chris Ferris, uh, and Jermaine Tooman, tight end, you know, all all were on that IR. So they lost some pretty valuable players uh, to injury that year. So I'm sure that didn't help their six and ten record, right? Uh, but uh, yeah, but just an interesting season. Interesting for the NFL where they added that odd number of teams. Cleveland Browns returned to the NFL. Uh, six teams in a uh, an unrealigned NFL at, the, at that period in time where. Uh, a time when the, the Cardinals played in the NFC East, you know, you, you don't even think about that. And Seattle was an AFC team at the time. <laughs> so so uh, real quickly, I looked it up <clears throat> Darren, and I was right. Um, Cause this is when it happened. He was um, dry. He was, it was in 2004 that this happened. And Justin Strelzik was supposed to arrive. This is from Wikipedia. He was supposed to arrive in Orchard Park, New York for a fundraiser. Um, he packed only $2,600 plus in cash and some crucifixes. 
His cell phone was left at home. He died in a car crash in Herkimer, New York, when he hit a tank truck driven by 60-year-old Harold Jackson, who was also injured in collision while driving 90 miles an hour against the flow of traffic to evade capture by New York State Police along the New York State Thruway. He was 36 years old. Oh, how sad. Yeah. sad. And and I I guess, uh, you know, losing some some former Steelers at a a young age, uh, we, you know, just lost – what was it Clark Hagen's just uh, mm-hmm. passed the I other day? I saw that the other day. I couldn't believe it. I and don't that think might they... be another topic for one of your podcasts one day. Is if you go back to the seventies up through like nineties, there is a list, a long list of ex stewards that died tragically or young. Um, and yeah. I mean, there's there's at least ten or fifteen former players that died in such crazy ways. Um, really bizarre. Yeah. It's... It's a dangerous game. It uh, takes a toll on one's body and on mm-hmm. some, some guys it takes a toll on their mind and others just have some, uh, some bad luck of, of fate that uh, do it. But yeah, that's probably not a bad thing to talk about. And remember some of these, these fellows that uh, are no longer with us uh, for, you know, their great football careers, just to remember them a little bit, but you know, Harv really uh, thank you for joining us once again and you know, sharing this uh your great memories of Steelers history and these facts and uh, talking about these players again, and just uh, gets the juices flowing and make, takes us back uh, almost 25 years ago. Now it's kind of scary thinking about that. That was how long ago, but uh, it's not great Steeler teams, but some fun Steeler teams that, uh, Hey, you always got to talk about the fun stuff and thank you for, for joining us here. Absolutely. You never want to reveal your age, but if you, if you think about it, I've been watching them since 1972. So that was a long time ago. So there's, there's, I'm not far behind you. You're, you're after that was me. So, so yeah, but no, I always enjoy being on your show, Darren. And, um, you know, history is what it's all about. And anytime we, we can talk history, I'm all for it. Yeah. And I guess before we let you go, let's uh, give out your shout out to your projects you have going. And uh, so people can enjoy those. Sure. I'm still working on my YouTube channel, Sports History Remembered. Uh, there is a coinciding website that I've started to build for that. Um, and basically what I'm trying to get after one of the projects I have on my plate is I want to do a monthly newsletter um, that will contain all kinds of events that happen in that month. So, for example, um, I want to try to get one prepared for August. It'll come out in August and it'll be all these different sporting events, from not just football, all sports. Um, just little summaries of events that took place in August in history. Um, so I'm trying to get that, make that a regular thing. Um, but I do have the, the channel, uh, sports history remembered, and I try to get as many videos up there as possible. I will have some new videos coming up, starting on a regular basis. I'm going to do a Monday morning quarterback that will profile a quarterback from history. Uh, I'm hoping to get one up this week for, um, thank God it's Friday and going to try to focus on, one event from that took place on a Friday from history. We'll have that. Um, and along with other historical videos that whenever I get some good ideas, I'll be posting videos there. So I have that. And then down the road, um, I'm hoping to have a sports history remembered podcast where we will be talking about nothing but history and all kinds of sports, whatever comes to the table. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that. And uh, again, Harv Aronson, uh, sports history remembered. And uh, thank you for remembering this great Steelers history that you share with us tonight. Absolutely, Darren. I will talk to you again one day on another podcast. That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. 
we invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude. And I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude Podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.